0: This is the Suburban Folk Podcast, Episode 2. We're going to review our Disney World vacation plan. I'm looking forward to having some real talk with some real folks. Hey, this is Greg with the Suburban Folk Podcast, and today we're going to talk about our upcoming Disney trip and all the plans that went into this particular trip. Um, the reason we're doing the Disney World vacation, which seems like it's a rite of passage, at least from what uh, Angie and my background is, uh, is because our kids are pre-K. This is the last year that we can say that they are both pre-K, and seems like off-season is the time to go, so we chose the second full week in September once all the kids have gone back to school, and from the research that's been done, and Angie has done all of the research... Uh, it seems like that's supposed to be the, the best time to go. So she's joining me on the podcast today. And one thing that we've really discovered or I've really discovered is that Angie has a secret love of Disney and you know, usually spends her spare time reading various articles and journals for her work. But once uh, we got to the point where Disney was something that we could plan for, it seemed like all of her spare time was switched over to Uh, all things Disney World and and researching everything possible to get ready for this trip. So my my first question for you is what is your history with Disney and when did you first go to Disney World? So, What is it that that makes you so excited about this vacation?
1: Hey there, this is Angie. Um, We uh, first went when I was in sixth grade, um, which was about... 1996, I would say. Um, And ever since then, um, I mean, I really, I really liked that trip. I really liked the parks. Um, That was a point when a lot of the Disney movies of my childhood came out, like Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin. Um, So ever since then, um, I have Really wanted to go back, but essentially have never had the chance until now.
0: And any any highlights as far as the rides or a particular character, as you said, Beauty and the Beast. And so on, I don't know if Belle was roaming around Disney World. No, that probably would have been after you were there, right?
1: No, I think it was before, but I don't I don't recall at this point about the characters. I don't think I cared about the characters as much when I was twelve. I was more into the rides.
0: Any any particular rides?
1: I remember doing Splash Mountain and Space Mountain and Big Thunder Mountain, so all the mountain rides. Um, Animal Kingdom didn't really exist um, at that point. I think they might have been building it, but I do remember liking one of the water parks, Blizzard Beach. I think that had just opened up maybe the year before, so really enjoyed a lot of the water slides there. Overall, those were kind of the main rides I I remember liking.
0: Yeah, and I I went when I was five, and I don't really remember any of the rides. I assume I couldn't have gotten on a lot of the, let's say, the bigger thrill rides, and so I think Small World. I kind of remember the Tiki Room, which. Uh...
1: Well, assuming you were five, you probably could have gotten on just about everything because Nicholas is four and a half and can basically get on everything except a few few of the larger rides well, I mean he's even pretty much tall enough to get on rides like Space Mountain so yeah. assuming you were five you could probably get on just about everything well
0: I wasn't very big so <laughs> <laughs> so who, who knows but I, I'll say I guess I sort of remember like the Tiki Room and, and Captain EO I remember getting a pin for that and then I went back in high school and also, from a thrill ride standpoint, wasn't too much going on, except some alien one that uh, apparently is no longer there that that freaked out a lot of the people that I guess rode on it, and, and they don't have that anymore. So I guess we'll, we'll see what, what the attractions are when we get there this time around. So, um, So I know there's been a lot of prep going into this particular trip, so talk about when you first started making preparations or the research that went into – Uh, the overall Disney experience Um, It started with a with a large book that was all things Disney
1: Um, I started looking at planning a trip probably um, let's say October of 2018 Um, one of our neighbors is pretty into Disney and owns DVC so she goes there every year pretty much Um, and she recommended getting a book called The Unofficial Guide to Walt Disney World. Um, and this is written by the same people who also make a website called Touring Plans, which can help you plan your trip as well. So I basically started by reading that book, um, at least the highlights of it on the rides and how to do fast passes and dining reservations and all the essential things to know, um, and after that I started thinking about where we would want to stay and I was there's all sorts of different resorts at, at Walt Disney World um, from more expensive deluxe hotels down to what they call value resorts which are even still good though and it just depends where you want to be in proximity. I felt like I wanted to be closer to Magic Kingdom because of how little the kids were. So there's a couple resorts closer to Magic Kingdom on what they call the Monorail Loop. And one of those resorts called the Contemporary, you can actually walk to the Magic Kingdom. So that's where I decided it would be a good idea for us to stay. Now my mom is going as well. So she wanted her own room. And I realized there was a a tower next to the Contemporary called the Bay Lake Towers, which is a Disney Vacation Club resort. And it turns out you can actually rent points from Disney Vacation Club members to stay at that property. And we were able to secure a two-bedroom villa there um, at about, let's say, the, the 10-month mark out. So I think we secured that in November. Um, and if you want to do those rentals, you really have to think about planning at least 7 to 11 months ahead of time.
0: And so those same rooms are available straight through Disney or through the vacation rental folks. The difference is...
1: That's true, but the the difference is if you rent them through Disney, they're about twice the cost, I would say you do have the option to cancel so the downside to renting the points from somebody is once they're rented you can absolutely not cancel we rented through a company called david's and they they basically handle the transaction and make it good for both sides that you know that the owners aren't going to cancel on you and vice versa so they handle all the money and everything involved in that and just give you some peace of mind with the transaction so that all went pretty smoothly and we were able to secure that that rental within a few days for a much better cost than what Disney would have had but we had our dates locked in and there was no reason allowed that we could cancel
0: <laughs> which which segues pretty well to uh, what became a major part of the preparations as far as uh, some of the changes that that w- you weren't necessarily aware of until we got closer to our dates for the trip and Maybe, maybe the reschedule came a little bit more into pro, uh, into the picture. Specifically, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge came out in Disneyland in May, was supposed to be in December. Um, from the initial research and, and what you're hearing, um, they ended up moving that up to the 29th, which is, what, a week and a half from when we're going to go. So talk about when that that first kind of came up how did you find that out uh where did that announcement first come from and you know what what the research and considerations have been so far because i know when it first came out you were definitely sweating it as far as what do we call it a, a crowd apocalypse or, or something i think was the term that was yeah, being used
1: so they were supposed to have open in december of 2019 they pushed it up to the end of august right before our trip So basically, when they announced that, it was all doom and gloom. Disney was going to be overrun by tourists and all the Star Wars fans. Um, But then, actually, what happened was they opened in Disneyland a few months earlier and nobody came, and the parks were empty. Um, So it actually turned out not to be terrible there, and people started to wonder if the same thing would happen at Walt Disney World. Everyone says, oh, Walt Disney World's different. Maybe it won't happen there. They have more tourists, less locals. At Disneyland, the locals were blocked out from using their annual passes during those couple months. But um, so far, we're about a week into Galaxy's Edge opening um, at Walt Disney World, and there have been zero crowds. The parks have been essentially as empty as they've ever been. Now, that being said, Hurricane Dorian was supposed to hit Florida it actually didn't do anything and the Disney parks didn't have to shut down at all except for a few hours one afternoon and evening Um, but that being said it probably did scare a lot of the tourists off from going to the parks that week and may have had a major effect on the crowd levels being lower than they normally would have been so it kind of remains to be seen next week what happens and how many guests rescheduled our week and how busy those guests who are rescheduling then make the rest of the month and the rest of the season.
0: Yeah, I really wonder what the types of individuals would be out there, let's say, that had their vacations planned and either, well, or didn't have them planned and decided to get in on the Star Wars activity that's going on. I know there's supposed to be some, it's not fully functional, right? Like there's another ride. There's apparently another ride that opens
1: in December. So that's the main ride. Mm-hmm. The lesser of the two rides opened already.
0: Yeah. So, and then on the other end, the other big thing that of course just recently came up is Hurricane Dorian. Um, it was in the picture Now we're recording this on the 4th, September the 4th. Our plane ride is this Friday on the 6th. Uh, if this was a couple days ago, we maybe have been a little more nervous about the preparation for, for what was going on. At this point, the storm seems to be out of the way of Florida where we fly from. There's a slight chance that uh, wind or, or rain could be a factor, but it doesn't seem to be. But talk about uh, when that first came on your radar, no pun intended, and tracking that and any considerations that would have occurred uh, depending on how that storm landed.
1: Well, I mean, there really wasn't much we could do. We had the the reservation booked, and that was that. Um, Our credit card does provide some trip insurance if we would have had to cancel um, in terms of reimbursement for the rooms, but I think we would have probably, say it had been last week, probably have just gone and seen what happened anyway. Um, Everyone seems to say Disney is pretty safe during hurricanes. They have generators. They keep their power. So think we would have gone and probably just made the best of it. So it turns out the people who ended up going this week had amazing crowds and weather, and they probably couldn't have asked for a better week overall.
0: Yeah, but I think it was definitely stated that if if it turned bad, we were still going to, you know, do the drive. We live drivable enough. Oh we'll yeah. Say, to For get some reason park. our
1: flight was canceled. I think we would have done the 10 hour drive <laughs> yeah. or tried to at least.
0: Uh, right. So I think that was definitely uh, on the schedule if, if something had happened that, that messed up our flight. So luckily it seems like none of those things occurred and we don't have to worry about any um, issues as far as not being able to reschedule or anything like that. And I think it's also worth noting before we get into some of the other preparation pieces that like you mentioned, there's a lot of different hotels to stay at. Uh, for example, I always joke when I went when we were five, we stayed, I believe, off resort. You know, gorged ourselves on an all-you-can-eat buffet, had an ice cream cone to share with my brothers and I, and you know, we're out of the park after that. Um, this is certainly what what we're going to lay out here a, a different type of Disney experience than that, but we recognize that there are definitely different price points and different considerations for different folks so uh, if if what we lay out is not something that would be uh, desirable for for certain folks, there are other things that can be researched and again would be interesting um, of any other considerations that you had when planning the the vacation so uh, so we mentioned where we'd be at, the contemporary, the, the Bay Lake, what is it, the Bay Lake? Bay Lake Towers. Bay Lake Towers. Um, so that's the where we're staying. Uh, the other piece of sort of the, the living part, I'll call it, is a meal plan. So that's something that's offered. I know that's something we have. Talk about considerations for, for enrolling, I'll call it, in the meal plan.
1: Um, I mean, I would say that the meal plan is liked by some and hated by some. Um, a lot of people feel like it's not worth the cost and it probably in the end doesn't save you a whole lot of money. Um, what I liked about it was I could just pre book it. I knew everything was taken care of and paid for in advance, um, I personally liked it because then my husband here Greg couldn't complain about the prices of everything because everything was pre-planned and paid for then he could just pick whatever he wanted on the menu Um, a meal a dessert and a drink are all included um, with your sit-down meals and then a drink and meal for the the counter service meals and you also get two snacks a day so I felt like it was good to just have it paid for and out of the way, and that way we could all just get whatever we wanted when we wanted it, and I didn't have to hear him whining about the Disney prices.
0: Well, and and to be clear, to make sure I didn't whine about those Disney prices, I have no idea what the meal plans cost. So, if anybody listening is considering that and wants to know, I guess whatever we paid for it, um, they oh, can, it's they easy, can
1: it's easily googlable on the internet. Um, I mean, there's a couple different types of meal plans from A quick service one where you just get quick meals in the parks to kind of the middle plan everybody gets for the most part to a deluxe plan where you get three sit down meals every day. So unless you're really wanting to just go there and eat, 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 um, a lot of people don't end up getting that one. But um, we, we did it and I felt like it was worth it for us because we're doing a lot of what they call character meals and the character meals tend to be a bit more pricey, especially for kids. And that's where, where the kids' meal plans are actually pretty inexpensive, where you can make up some ground in terms of the cost of things as with the character meals. So since we're doing a lot of the character meals, um, I think it's, it's worth it for us. And it's also worth it for us because we do enjoy to have a drink with dinner and with lunch too would be nice. So um, the, the Disney dining plan includes an alcoholic beverage, so if you take advantage of that, then you, you can end up doing pretty well too. Whereas if you were just going to get a water or a coke or something, it may not be as good of a deal.
0: Yeah, and to clarify, if I have my facts straight, it's two drinks for the dinner or for it's just all no. day.
1: It's just one drink for the um, the quick service meal and one drink for the the uh, sit down meal. So. Two drinks a day.
0: Okay. Well, I'm going to do whatever I can to convince the other adults with us, i.e. Angie and her mom, not to use their drink credit. <laughs> so hopefully I can, you know, rack up at least Good luck. three or four. And and something else that, I don't know how recent this is, but it used to always be said that, well, people go to Epcot because that's where the drinks are. That's no longer the restriction anymore, right? Like all of the parks, I believe, now have some sort of options for, for adult beverages.
1: All the parks do. Um Animal Kingdom, Epcot, Hollywood Studios, they pretty much have alcoholic beverages in all the restaurants, sit-down, counter service. They all have them at the meals. Um, Now, in the Magic Kingdom, the only restaurants that have them are the, the quote, um, sit-down restaurants, Um, with the exception there's a restaurant called Be Our Guest that's a sit-down restaurant at dinner, and they do a counter service option for lunch and breakfast so you can't actually get an alcoholic beverage there for lunch and breakfast all the other restaurants and stands and everything the quick service ones at um magic kingdom those all do not have alcohol because traditionally magic kingdom did not have any alcohol anywhere in the park
0: right Right. okay all right well i can i can live with that So talk to me about the fast passes, and I believe the dinner reservations have a similar type of consideration as far as when you're able to book those types of things. Um, My also understanding we're flying on Friday because that sort of gives you a little bit of an edge, if you will, on when you can reserve those types of things versus, let's say, somebody that's doing a Saturday to a Saturday. So when do those fast passes, and I guess for people that aren't used to theme parks, because I think they call Fast Pass the same in any type of theme park as far as I understand, is you get to the front of the line typically at a park you would get to the front of the line for anything, but the Disney version is you pick a certain number of rides or the rides that you want to be considered for the Fast Pass. You get a thumbs up, thumbs down. They schedule that. And and again, I assume that that's similar with dinner, but it's possible that I have those. So...
1: The dinner reservations, you can book those at six months or 180 days before your um, stay. And some of this depends on if you are staying on-site or off-site. If you are on-site, you can book um, 180 days before the first day of your stay and book through the remainder of your trip. But if you're off-site, you have to book um, each day separately. You can't book for the whole trip. Mm -hmm. So... Hard to get reservations um, fill up very quickly. So the people who have longer trips are able to book for that whole trip. So you may not be able to get some of the harder reservations until the end of the trip. Um, That being said, I didn't have a lot of issues getting any reservations in September. I pretty much got what I wanted at fairly decent times. Um, Now, if you don't end up getting what you want, for example, I had a colleague who was staying in October, which is a busier time. She was staying off-site. So she really wanted to get a restaurant called Cinderella's Royal Table, but she was unable to when her booking window opened up um, on the website called Touring Plans. And there's also a website called Mouse Dining, where you can put in the reservation you want, And basically the computer is constantly searching for that reservation to come open and then it texts you when it's available. So if you don't immediately get a reservation, um, no despair you can generally pick one up if somebody else cancels especially in the couple days or a week or so leading up to your trip because a lot of people are adjusting things and canceling reservations last minute especially some people will book multiple reservations at the same restaurant throughout the week because they're not sure when they're going to be where and then these all end up opening up last minute so in general you can kind of get what you want with those tricks Um, Now, with the fast pass window, that opens up 60 days before the park um, or your stay at the parks if you're staying on site at a Disney hotel. And the same for the dining, you get the book throughout the the course of your stay. Now, if you're off site, it opens up 30 days before and you have to do each individual day one at a time. So, staying on site, you get a really big advantage. Um, So... Each park essentially has a, a ride that's a little bit harder to get. For example, Slinky Dog is a is a ride at Hollywood Studios, and Flight of Passage is a ride at Animal Kingdom, and Seven Dwarves Mine Train is a ride at Magic Kingdom. Those are probably the hardest rides to book at each park. So unless you're staying on site, you really don't have much of a chance of making a fast pass for those um If you're an off-site guest and those are the rides where everybody goes first thing in the morning when the park first opens and the waits can be very long within the first couple of minutes so um, you know staying on site gives you a big advantage there with the fast pass booking
0: and sort of on topic but a little bit different one of the other changes i'll say since i remember disney world the characters or at least the princesses and whatnot aren't just walking around the park like they used to. They have specific setups where there's lines for those as well. Now, there's not the option for fast passes or those types of reservations for those particular lines, but that's where, like you mentioned, the character dinners. Oh, you're you're telling me that that's... nope. I'm wrong. You can't um, do a reservation?
1: Yes, a lot of the characters do have fast passes. So, for example, Mickey and Minnie have fast passes um, at Magic Kingdom and some of the other parks think Tinkerbell has a fast pass you can fast pass a lot of the main characters um, for sure um, especially at Magic Kingdom there's a lot of characters to fast pass and then some of the characters that aren't quite as popular um, like for example Merida from Brave um, she does have a meet and greet time scheduled but you can't fast pass it And if you go into the Disney app, you can select characters and it essentially gives you a detailed map of where every character will be in the park and at what time they have their meet and greet scheduled. So, um, you know, if you want to see Merida, you click on Merida and it'll tell you when and where to see her. Um, the characters who have fast passes, they're they're available all day long from open to close and you just have to either wait in line for those or do a fast pass.
0: Okay. And I we don't have many fast passes for the kids. No, I didn't
1: do any fast passes yeah. for the characters because the lines don't tend to be quite as long as some of the rides can be. So... Um, I felt like it wasn't wasn't quite as worth it. And we also have some character meals. So if we right. don't do fast passes or do the characters in the park, it's not a big deal. Yeah,
0: so that's kind of where I was getting at. Would that be an official tip, let's call it, if you can do those character dinners then or meals? You can
1: get the characters out of the way with those yeah. in <laughs> of so, I mean, we're doing two character meals. We're, right. doing, we're doing one that has um, Mickey and Minnie and some of the major characters like that called Tusker House at Animal Kingdom. And then we're doing um, a restaurant in Norway in Epcot um, called Akershus. I think I said that right. But uh, that one has all the main princesses, like Belle and um, those type of characters.
0: I imagine Frozen with a name like that, right?
1: Frozen. So Frozen, um, no, those princesses aren't there. But they're actually... So it's at the Norway Pavilion, and the um, Anna and Elsa meet and greet is right next door. And so definitely you can go see them before or after.
0: Okay, and see, with all of my questions, we're just proving that I know nothing about any, any Disney, anything, or, or everything we do on this trip is gonna be a surprise, apparently, because uh, I don't know what the heck's going on. Um, what about some of the other peripheral things? And and I've only even noticed these again, as as we're starting to really pack up, but, um, well, actually one other, the, the ride app. And I know you've been again, watching that really closely, especially with the star Wars galaxies edge. And, and they rank these based on time. And I think the crowds are based on like a one to 10 scale, uh, is that an essential thing what, what um, i would about? say the
1: touring plans app was actually really helpful um for the days we were there it tells you the anticipated crowd levels based on tons of different historic, historical historical statistical data um so it'll give you a crowd level for each park for each day and i planned my days based on what crowds were going to be in each park on each day now, that was before all the Star Wars stuff got announced, and at that point, I had essentially already booked, booked my dining, so I didn't really want to change too much. Um, I think in the end, it's all worked out, but you just have to realize that some of that can definitely change depending on what happens over the course of the next months, um, but that website was great. I was able to book my um, dining based on the days I knew it would be in each park, um, and I tried to pick our day in Magic Kingdom versus Epcot versus Animal Kingdom based on what crowd levels we're going to have the lowest, um, our the lowest number on the crowd levels for each each park. Um, and another tip is if you if you have um, the ability to do so, when we're going, they have Halloween parties, um, and those are generally on Sundays and Tuesdays um, and Fridays, I believe. If you can go to Magic Kingdom on a party day, it's usually less crowded because a lot of people don't want to go on those days because the, party cl- or the park closes at 6 for the, for the parties. So um, if you have a park harper, especially, if you go to the parks on the party days, the crowds may be less and then you can go somewhere else in the evening if you really wanted to. Um, so I kind of picked all my park days based on crowd levels, essentially.
0: Makes sense. Uh, and then some of the, the peripheral things of, yeah, I've written down the autograph books, um, the shirts, uh, the, make sure you're ready for rain. Cause apparently once you're in Disney, you don't leave Disney regardless of what the weather is like. Talk about, uh, some of those types of things. Obviously none of those are requirements as far as that's concerned, but, uh, you should tell the the Penny story, for example, because. Uh, um, I mean, I'm one.
1: on I'm on a group on Facebook called the Disney Planning Doctors, and they have been a great resource in planning all this. I've asked tons of questions. Everyone is super knowledgeable and a type in terms of planning their trips. So one of the questions I asked was just for a list of different things that you don't think about that would be good to take along to Disney World. Um, so. Things from autograph books to retractable Sharpie pens. I have lights for the stroller so you can tell your stroller immediately which one it is at nighttime. Um, I have um, reusable straws, the silicone kind, because Disney only has paper straws and um, those don't go over so well with the kids. <laughs> and um, just tons of different secrets like that that you may not think about bringing. Um, stroller covers for if it rains. One tip is to use just a clear shower curtain liner and get beach towel clips to clip it to the stroller anytime you go into a ride because it may pour in your stroller while you're in that ride for just a few minutes. Um, There's apparently pressed penny machines all around the parks. So I cleaned up a bunch of pennies and got a whole bunch of quarters together so we could have quick, easy, cheap souvenirs to do throughout the parks. We definitely have, like I said, the autograph books and all kind of the standard things. Disney also has something called pin training. So I ordered a bunch of pins on eBay for cheap um, and got lanyards for those so that the kids can apparently trade um, pins with cast members. And it's sort of like if you've ever been to Legoland where you can trade the minifigures with the cast members there. And so all sorts of different things. Yeah. Um,
0: Well, of course, I have to elaborate a little bit on the penny story specifically. And I don't know if this was on that particular page or not, but apparently pennies from 1982 and earlier are made of full copper versus after that is some sort of like alloy or something other than that. So part of your preparation was to look specifically for 1982 and before and then make sure they were in good shape so that we could use those. So that just speaks to... We are prepared <laughs> to, to have uh, the best souvenirs and the best everything else we've gotten to your point. You know, getting that stuff beforehand is certainly going to be a money saver for we have. And I also have to mention the matching shirts because that's one where I figure, as I've been told, there are some uh, interesting shirt options for people that will do, um, you know, family names or, or – other types of monograms, stuff like that. So we met somewhere in the middle, let's say that we have the matching different types of shirts, theme shirts we'll call it, but they're not necessarily all the exact same. So I feel like I'm a pretty good sport at least with that particular thing. So, you know, I'm 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 doing my part.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean we all have Disney shirts, so we just got them at places like Coles or Target. Right. Um, I wasn't going to go all out and get them on Etsy where you have to spend $20 a shirt. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. those are going to be more unique shirts, more themed, more matching. But we were fine with just doing the cheap Kohl's versions. We got them on sale for about $5 each, so you couldn't really beat that.
0: Yeah, yeah. We all
1: have Lion King shirts. We all have Star Wars shirts. We all have Mickey shirts. Um, we all have Toy Story shirts, you know, a lot of these shirts were readily available because all those movies just came out.
0: Right, right, exactly. So, and I'll admit actually some of the shirts are pretty cool. I don't know if I'll wear the Mickey shirts all that much afterwards, but you know, the Toy Story is always, always a winner. So, um, so before we go into like our itinerary specifically, just a quick overview for parks. Uh, what are they? What are sort of the highlights of each one of those parks? And then I have a couple other. Sort of di- or nomenclature, I guess, that, that gets used for the for the Disney World. So, w- what are those four parks? What are the what are the main things there?
1: So, the four parks. The first one, the one that's been around the longest, is Magic Kingdom. So, that's probably the most well known. That's where Cinderella's Castle is. Um, that has a ton of rides that are good for smaller kids and even babies can get on them. So if you have little kids, that's probably where you want to spend most of your time. There's not a lot of height requirements there except for some of the um, mountain rides like Space Mountain, Thunder Mountain, Splash Mountain. Otherwise, really all of the rides have no height requirements. So um, there's a lot of boat type dark rides and that sort of thing. Um, but really good for small kids there's a lot of princess meet and greets and Mickey and Minnie lots of good snacks and restaurant options Um, so that's kind of a good all-around park where most people are going to want to spend a good amount of time and um, the next park was Epcot so Epcot has a few different areas one area is the world the world showcase that doesn't have quite as many rides there's a couple um but mostly you can kind of tour each quote world or country and there's different food and drink options in restaurants so epcot's good for eating and drinking there's a couple rides in epcot um there's rides uh there's one called soar and one called test track that are popular that people really like and apparently, over the next couple of years, Epcot's gonna have a lot of major renovations, a lot of new rides. Um, there's a Guardians of the Galaxy roller coaster coming in and a Ratatouille ride coming in. So, a lot of, I mean, basically, that whole park's gonna be different a couple years down the road. They're redoing it all. Um, there's Hollywood Studios, which that park has already mostly been redone um they just made a toy story land with three new rides opening there including slinky dog which has been the hardest to get fast pass they're just opening the star wars land galaxy's edge which we've talked to a little bit about um there's going to be two rides in that land and they're going to be opening a mickey and minnie um runaway railway there sometime next year and then they have some classics like tower of terror as well and a lot of shows at hollywood studios too um the newest park is Animal Kingdom. That one has a lot of animals, um, but it's more than just a zoo. They, they do have a pretty neat safari. They have a lot of shows. They have a, a land based on Avatar. And the, the main ride there is called Flight of Passage, which is supposed to be the best world in all of Disney World. And some people will say the best ride that they've ever been on. And they have a couple roller coasters there as well. Um, Like there's one called Everest and one called Dinosaur. Um, Overall, Animal Kingdom has a lot more height requirements, so may not be quite as good for little kids. But again, there are a lot of shows and animals and things like that to see too. Um, Then there's some water parks um, and just some other little things to do, like downtown Disney where there's a lot of shops and restaurants um but the four main parks are magic kingdom epcot hollywood studios and animal kingdom
0: okay uh and the other couple of things to cover is uh the concept of extra magic hours uh again going back to the star wars piece um, my understanding is this is specifically for folks that are staying on the resort or one of the resort hotels um i don't recall what the normal hours are for it but uh, they extended those right in, mm-hmm. in expectation for the crowds that may or may not be coming um, so uh, what's the strategy or what's the what, what does that look like as far as starting the day with these extra magic hours
1: so most of the parks um, normally open at around nine and then each park about once a week has an early opening at 8 a.m for on-site guests and my my regular strategy, Originally was to avoid the park that had the early opening because statistically that park gets more crowded than for the rest of the day because more people go there to start. Um, however, a couple months before our trip, Disney announced that Animal Kingdom would be opening at 7 a.m. every day, as well as Magic Kingdom, and that Hollywood Studios, where the Star Wars Land is opening, will be opening at six every day. Um, Epcot would have normal normal openings. Um, so that, that changed things a little bit because essentially every park every day was having these extremely early hours. And I think what they were trying to do was get a lot of people in the parks earlier to kind of disperse the crowds out, especially knowing that most people probably aren't getting up on vacation at 5 or 6 a.m. Um, this is actually working out really great for us because we can get up that early because our kids get up that early. And we'll be able to go, hopefully, with lesser crowds, get everything done. We want to by about noon or 1 o'clock, and then be able to go back to the hotel every afternoon for a longer break for swimming and napping and that sort of thing.
0: Right. And then the only other prep thing that I can think of was uh, the – you mentioned I think the only park that we can't get to walking is Animal Kingdom
1: no um the only park that we can get to walking is magic kingdom okay and then we can take the monorail to epcot um but for hollywood studios i guess you could technically take a monorail to epcot and then walk but that's like an over a mile walk so basically for hollywood studios and for animal kingdom you've got to take a a bus there and disney does provide all of that transportation um Now that being said, I got a little bit nervous about trying to get to the bus parks, um, the ones that we would have to take a bus to early in the morning or get home late at night with all the crowds. So based on the recommendations of my um, Disney planning doctor group, there was a, a private driver that I did end up hiring that's going to take us to a couple of those early mornings and bring us home on a couple of the late nights so we don't have to deal with the uh, the buses. And another option from Disney is something called minivans, um, and that's if you need car seats. And if we didn't need car seats, we'd probably just use a regular a regular Lyft or Uber.
0: And, and this man's first name?
1: His name is Orlando.
0: <laughs> Sounds legit, huh? <laughs> we'll, we'll trust him. He has good reviews, right? Right. Yeah, okay. Um, so on to the itinerary itself, and we won't spend a whole lot of time on this except to say, um, we are looking at posting it for folks again that are maybe getting ready to plan a Disney trip, uh, with some of the specifics of the types of rides that you mentioned that have been booked for fast passes to see at least from when you're going through this, what you ranked as the harder things to get on or the, the more desirable rides to get to, Um, as well as just the overall schedule. But, uh, so just get in on Friday, uh, Saturday, we start at magic kingdom. Any highlights from, from the Saturday itinerary that's, uh, worth mentioning?
1: Um, basically we're going to, we're staying at a different hotel Friday night and then we're transferring over Saturday morning Mm -hmm. to our main one at the Bay Lake towers. Um, so we're going to transfer there and then walk over to magic kingdom, um, I don't have too much planned for that morning besides just kind of walking around doing whatever really the kids want to do. It will be our most relaxed morning. We do have a breakfast that morning at um, Be Our Guest scheduled at 820. Um, and we'll just kind of relax and walk around that morning essentially. Then we're going to go back, try to check into our, our hotel. Um, and then that evening we're going to go over to Hollywood Studios where I have our fast passes for that day booked. Um, and we're basically going to stay until about park close, and that will allow us to see their nighttime show called Phantasmic at eight thirty, and then at ten o'clock they have Star Wars fireworks, which I'm sure that our four year old will love.
0: <laughs> would... He
1: loves fireworks and he loves Star Wars.
0: Yeah, I would, I would imagine.
1: Um, and then we're gonna, you know, jet it back to the uh, hotel because the next morning we're going to be at Magic Kingdom at about seven a.m. Or that's the plan.
0: And and. You mentioned Slinky Dog before, so that day one is, yeah, is the Fast Pass for Slinky Dog. we have a Fast Pass for
1: Slinky Dog. And then they actually just changed the uh, Fast Pass structure at Hollywood Studios. And they've made it a more of a tiered system where basically all the rides are a tier one and you can only get one Fast Pass for those. And then the shows, as well as a ride called Star Tours and their nighttime show Fantasmic are all tier, tier twos. And so we ended up having to get a fast pass for Star Tours and then the Frozen show since we couldn't do more than the the Slinky Dog for rides. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have fast passes for all those. And we're only going to be there for a couple hours. And that includes trying to do the Fantasmic show and the Star Wars fireworks. Right. So we have a lot fit into those couple hours.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, and then the next morning on Sunday, we're going to get up and go to the Magic Kingdom. That's, that's kind of our bigger Magic Kingdom day. We are going to try to do most of what, they, what the Fantasyland and Tomorrowland lands are. Um, I got Fast Passes for that day for Seven Dwarves Mine Train and Peter Pan. Um, and then I also got one for Enchanted tells with Belle, which um, may not be the best Fast Pass to get, but I've heard that lines for that can get a little bit long as well. Um, and it just kind of depends on the age of your kids. If you don't really have little kids, that may not be a good one to get. But um, that day then we have lunch at the restaurant, Be Our Guest, and then we're gonna stick around till about two o'clock when Disney has their parade. Um, at that point, we'll go home, do our napping and pool thing. And then later that evening, we're gonna go over to the Beach Club um, Resort for uh, a dinner reservation at a place called the Cape May Buffet. And this restaurant is really good if you like seafood and crab legs because they have all-you-can-eat crab legs. So basically, all of us are pretty excited except for
0: Greg. <laughs> yeah, that, that I'll find something else <laughs> than the crab legs, or have somebody you know do all the work and yeah. the whatever. Well, left. I am
1: an expert crab leg peeler, so, so he, I can uh, peel for all of us. There you go. That Very sounds efficiently like and quickly. Right. <laughs> And then after the Cape May Buffet, um, there's a show at Epcot called Illuminations, and that's at 9 o'clock. Um, and Epcot's right next to the Beach Club, so we'll just walk over there. Um, and the show has been running for many, many, many years, and it's actually ending in September of this year. So we'll be one of the last people that will be able to see that show. And then after the show's over, we'll be able to take the monorail back to our, our resort.
0: Okay, and Monday is Epcot? Um,
1: Monday is Epcot. Um, we'll take the Monterey all over in the morning. This will be a little bit of a, a quote later morning for us since Epcot doesn't <laughs> open until 9. Um, we have fast passes for uh, Test Track, Mission Space, and Spaceship Earth. Again, Epcot's got a tiered system going on, so their top rides are Test Track, Soarin' and Frozen, so you can only get one of those rides to fast pass. So we picked Test Track because it has the longest wait times typically. Um, and then after after we do our rides, we'll probably be able to get most of what we want to do done there in the morning. There's not tons of rides at Epcot. Um, we're going to go over to the World Showcase and walk around and see the Food and Wine and Festival and just um, – Take use of a lot of our snack credits to eat around the world there.
0: Yeah, gosh, I'm going to need some time after that. (laughs) I mean, the the whole theme of this vacation is me, like, getting my money's worth out of this meal plan and then just being miserable (laughs) having to walk around the whole place. And that'll, I'm sure, just be typified when we get to the. Eating around the world at Epcot.
1: And then um, we'll go back and again, do our pool and nap for a few hours. And then that evening, around 7, we have reservations at the California Grill. And that's going to be our more fancy dinner reservation night. Um, that's a much nicer signature restaurant. Um And the nice thing about California Grill is it's at the very top of the Contemporary Resort, and you can see the fireworks from there, and it's apparently a really, really good view. So we'll have our dinner, and then we'll be able to see the fireworks from the viewing area on the restaurant. And then we'll go back after that and, and go to bed fairly early that night, all things considered.
0: Right, and then back to Magic Kingdom on Tuesday.
1: So on Tuesday, um, we will try to get there around seven o'clock again for the early morning hours. Um, And then that day we're planning to do Frontierland and Adventureland. So we have fast passes for um, Thunder Mountain, Splash Mountain. And then again, I got fast passes for Seven Dwarves Mine Train just because I knew unless I had fast passes for that, it would be the hardest ride to ride. So we're going to be able to hopefully do that twice, once on each of our Magic Kingdom days. Um, We're going to go for lunch and then back to the naps and pool probably right around noon, 1 o'clock after we have lunch that day. Um, That day, we're not going to have quite as long to relax because around 4, we're going to get picked up to be taken over to Animal Kingdom. and I have a, a reservation for the Tusker House character meal at, at Animal Kingdom at around 5.30. So we're going to try to get a few rides in that evening, like possibly the safari at dusk, and then I'm planning to have us do the Lion King show that night, and then we're going to stick around for the Rivers of Light show, which is their nighttime light show, um, and then try to get home as early as we can or back to the resort by about 9, 9.30 so we can get to bed for the next day.
0: Okay, and then back to Hollywood Studios on Wednesday. I know this this will be the challenging morning yeah. if, I, if I'm reading so, it correctly. So, <laughs> I mean,
1: the plan is to get to Hollywood Studios um, early. We're technically going to be picked up at our at our resort around 5.30. That's a.m., um, 5.30 a.m. Yes, 5.30 a.m. <laughs> um, Hollywood Studios is apparently letting people in right at the dot at 6 a.m. right now um because of the galaxy's edge opening and my my game plan is to avoid the masses that are going to be going there and try to get everything else done in that first couple hours and then if we have time and we feel like it we can go over and do the galaxy's edge ride if we decide we want to wait for that but um i think it'll be a good opportunity to be able to do the toy story land rides multiple times without too much of a wait at least based on how things are going so far Um, And then we have Fast Passes later in the morning for um, a Beauty and the Beast show, Slinky Dog, and the Indiana Jones show. Again, Hollywood Studios changed their tiers, so we were only able to get one ride and had to do the other two Fast Passes as shows. Um, if, If we were more people who wanted to stay at parks all day long and not do the afternoon and evening breaks... I think a better plan would be just get no fast passes for hollywood studios and do all the stuff from six to nine and then just you know walk over to epcot and be able to be there for park opening and then you could have your fast passes at example epcot and be there all day mm-hmm. um but you know we do want to do a lot of the shows and everything so and we um we're really not into being at the parks all day long so that's how we're going to do it Um, that afternoon we'll be back for our standard pools and naps for a while. And then that night we have dinner at Ohana, which is a restaurant at the Polynesian, which is the resort next to where we're staying. Um, and that's, that's kind of an all you can eat type, um, family style meal where they bring things like shrimp and, um, steak and Polynesian type food to your, your table.
0: So I'm going to end like the long, Kind of like Texas Day Brazil. Oh man, I'm going to... And I'll be miserable at the end of that day, too.
1: (laughs) And then you can see the fireworks from the Polynesian beach. So that's what we'll plan to do that night.
0: (laughs) Okay. Um, And starting at Magic Kingdom on Thursday.
1: So Thursday, um, well, we're not doing Magic Kingdom Thursday. We're actually doing Animal Kingdom. Um, So Thursday, we're going to get driven over to Animal Kingdom in the morning. And that opens at 7. We will start with um basically the couple rides that we don't have fast passes for and then i ended up getting fast passes for their three most popular rides which are everest the safari ride and then flight of passage is the hardest ride to get there so we do have fast passes for that um in the mix of all that we'll fit in any shows that we didn't get to do with our other night at animal kingdom um eat lunch there and then um Again, go back for our our daily afternoon relaxation and nap and pool time. And then that evening, we're going to go back over to the Magic Kingdom because up until now, we really haven't spent any evenings in the actual Magic Mm -hmm. Kingdom. We will have seen fireworks from the California Grill or the Polynesian Beach, but we won't really have seen them up close where you can see the projections on the castle. Um, So that evening, I booked um, a dessert party which is basically like a special um, party where you get a special viewing area. You don't have to fight the crowds to watch the show. And they give you all you can eat desserts and a few appetizers like, uh, like egg rolls. Okay. So um, we will gorge on desserts and then be able to watch the fireworks from a private viewing area. And this may or may not be worth it. It's pretty pricey, um, but can really be nice depending on the crowd levels.
0: Right, right. Makes sense. And then the final day is at Epcot.
1: So at Epcot on Friday, um, since we've already done Epcot, the main ride area, this will be the day we focus more on doing the World Showcase. Um, We're going to have a later morning this day since we're going to be at magic kingdom pretty late the night before um i have our first fast pass scheduled at about 11 and that's the frozen ride and that's actually over in the world showcase and um after we do that we'll again kind of walk around the world showcase see all the different countries do the food and wine festival um and then we have dinner scheduled at um akershus at five and that is the princess dinner um after that of note tiffany has a concert at six thirty <laughs> that we may or may not stick around for and uh then we'll be going back to the um the resort and going to bed because we fly out at eight o'clock in the morning yeah on saturday
0: I, 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 <laughs> yeah early out so uh tiffany i'm sure you're great and all but um I'd like to get back and relax if at all possible. So, um, so anyway, so that that's it. So overall, because um, we're gonna do some check-ins, I think, whether just on the website or maybe even a, a recording or two, while to see how the week is panning out. What do you think you're the most excited to do or see? And then, what do you think is going to be the biggest challenge to to pull this itinerary off?
1: Um. Well. I think I'm most excited to eat all the snacks. (laughs) And, uh, you know, we get a couple ice creams in every day and desserts at every meal. I'm pretty excited about that. So that's the thing I'm most excited about. Also, obviously, most excited to see the kids being excited to see everything that they're going to see there. Mm -hmm. Um, And that will probably be our biggest challenge when they get tired and have meltdowns. And we'll see how that goes. Overall, at our local amusement park, they, they hang out pretty well there. Um, until the afternoon when they get tired which is why I kind of built in all the breaks that we did I knew we could not go to the parks every day for more than a couple hours in the morning and then go back for the naps and then go back at night
0: right yeah well I tend to agree from the food standpoint that that there's gonna be plenty of it and it's supposed to all be pretty good so that'll be good as far as better than King Uh, as far as rides are concerned, uh, I, I've heard that the Flight of Passage is supposed to be a pretty cool thing, so I guess I'll mark that down as a, a potential highlight. And then, uh, yeah, like you said, I I feel like if we if we can get the kids to wind down on day one, then we'll be all right. If they can't sort of get themselves settled down from all of the activities going on on day one, that, that may be a bad omen for the rest of the week, so we'll see how it goes. So uh, on a final note, obviously a lot of preparation here. There are people, even friends of ours that we've joked with that have gone not that long ago that just go, right? So what in your estimation is the difference in experience between all of this amount of preparation versus people that get say, book it a, a month out because there was a special deal or something like that and didn't do all the fast passes and didn't do all the rest of the preparation?
1: Um, I mean, my, my online group likes to joke that we do Disney right, with all the preparation, but I guess if you know what you're doing, you can go go fairly last minute, but apparently 50% of the people who go to Disney don't even know that they can get Fast Passes, and then they're stuck waiting in all the lines all day long with no clue what they're doing. So, I mean, you can definitely go last minute and have more flexibility than what we're doing, but I still think you kind of need to know the basics to have a better time. Um, because if you're like my kids, you do not want to wait in lines
0: all day. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's for sure. Well, I think that's it. Anything we missed as far as, uh, the, the preparation leading into the, the big epic Disney trip?
1: Um, I think that's pretty much the basics of it.
0: Cool. Well, thanks everybody for listening to this podcast. A couple of just general updates. Uh, we submitted the podcast to Apple to Google Play to Spotify, Stitcher, and Podbean and have been approved. Actually, I just got the email before we started recording that we've been approved on Apple, iTunes. So you should be able to search for Suburban Folk and it should come up on iTunes. So uh, subscribe there. That's definitely where I listen to most of my podcasts. So that way, as soon as a new episode comes up, it comes out. Um, And hey, if you've got a few minutes to leave a review and comments, that'll actually even bump it up um so that maybe more people can even discover what we're what we're doing here um so that that's some exciting news as those things are starting to come out and again thanks for folks that have interacted already on facebook and some of the other social media places that that we've registered for so like i said we will check in either via podcast or via the blog at suburbanfolk.com to uh publish the itinerary that we talked about, um, see how the, the plan is going and, and how the kids are doing during the vacation. And then uh, even afterwards, um, you know, a recap of, of everything that, that went on and see if the highlights that we were expecting to be highlights um, were still the things that, that we were the most excited about. So thanks everybody for listening. Angie, thanks for going through all of that uh, work that, that led up to, to this particular week and we'll check in with everybody later. Cheers.
1: Thanks.